NFTs or non-fungible tokens. There's nothing really new about this. It's just a new way of using technology to something that we've had before. Hey everyone, welcome again to the Reinventing Strategy. It's been a long while since I've been here. Um, my name is Reko and uh, one of the founders of, of Taival. And as you know, we like to dwell every now and then on new business models, uh, new technology topics uh, in our effort to understand uh, the changes that are affecting business and, and what should be taken into account when you are reinventing uh, the strategy of the organization. If you've been following the news and the hype uh, discussions, uh, you might know that there is a new business model in town, NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And it's, it's not a new thing. They have uh, been around for a while, but many people, including myself, uh, have a limited understanding of the real actual use cases for, for how to use the NFTs and, and what are they really used for. Although I, I do understand the technical basis of, of the blockchain and I've dwelled a little bit on the Bitcoin. So, but luckily, uh, I have an expert on the uh, on this podcast, Petri. Welcome. Hi, hi, Reko. Thank you for this welcoming and uh, your kind words around expertise. Let's see. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. This is um, going to be an interesting chat. Uh, I'll be more on the questioning bench this time, um, and and we'll we'll see where we end up. Um, so, without further ado, Petri, let's jump straight into it. Um, the, the, the first thing would be, uh, as I like to term things, could you explain NFTs to me so that my mom would understand uh, what this is? Nice. Sure. I'll give it a try. And before I go there, I'll buy some time for myself. I also have been missing these discussions for a while been keeping my head down on a couple of projects that have been keeping me away from these chats. Luckily, some of the work we've been doing has been slightly around this theme. So let's see how we can deal with the explanation towards your mother. So non-fungible token, there's, as you said, there's nothing really new about this. It's just a new way of using technology to apply something that we've had before. So let's start with um, the term fungibility, which is a funny word. It sounds really nice. What fungibility, fungibility means is that uh, a fungible asset is an asset that is identical with another similar asset. So let's say, take, for example, money as a fungible asset. So you've got a euro that is identical to the next euro. And there's a mechanism that kind of validates the factuality of, of that situation. Then it's quite easy to say, what is a non-fungible asset? It is an asset that is unique. There is no 
like asset around uh, and that makes it non-fungible. You cannot really exchange a non-fungible asset with another non-fungible asset because they are completely different. Mona Lisa, for example, piece of art. There's only one Mona Lisa, the original. So that's a non-fungible asset. And when it becomes a token, we enter the world of blockchain. So we've made the already previously existing concept of unique pieces of objects uh, into the digital world where we use blockchain mechanisms to authenticate the originality and uniqueness of that object. So that is a non-fungible asset. Good. I'm yet not convinced that my mom would understand it, but uh, I, I think that was definitely a, a good good start for our discussion. So, so what I understood, non-fungibility is, is basically a uniqueness in an asset. And is that uh, uniqueness somehow uh, encoded into the token? Or is, it, is the token just a symbol of, of that? How is that um, uniqueness proven? That is a really good and deep question right um the token we we now i'm not sure um not undermining your mother at all but i'm not sure if this is easy to follow but i'll try anyway there's a distinction between ownership of an asset and the copyright of an asset so when you said what's the role of blockchain and the token in proving the uniqueness of the asset. Yes, we are using the consensus mechanism of blockchain, which is the mechanism that is using the hash key uh, kind of uh, concept to confirm with the help of the other participants in the blockchain uh, that a specific block, a token in that chain of blocks is unique. So there we are saying that we are using blockchain mechanisms, the technology uh, to verify that a digital asset is unique and there is no other copy of that in place. I, I park here because the copyright thing will come later. We'll, we'll dwell on that a little bit later. Sounds good. Um, something that I was immediately, when I've been a little bit prying on the NFTs, my immediate question was, so, okay, if I would happen to have the non-fungible token of, for example, Mona Lisa, uh, which would be pretty nice, um, I don't have it for the record, um, what if somebody made a derivative of Mona Lisa? For example, you have made a Andy Warhol version of Mona Lisa, which uses this asset on the, on the kind of background. How is that related to the, the uniqueness? Can you claim some kind of value that, that you actually have the original asset uh, token? I tried to park the concept of copyright, <laughs> but you threw it back to me right away. Yeah, so uh, let, let's, because we cannot solve the whole world in this podcast, let's focus on, on the... Uh, 
key concept of non-fungible NFTs, which is the protection of the original digital asset that it is stamped on top of. So let's say we have a digital painting uh, that is treated as a non-fungible token. That digital file is stamped a, 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 a sort of uh, code on top of it saying that this is the original uh, and, and this is owned by this wallet or this, you know, identity. However, that doesn't prevent that owner from uh, providing copies of that with its own business logic to other participants, but it still uh, uh, verifies that the original is owned by this wallet or this holder. I see. I see. So, um, so if you were to, and and this is this is strictly related to digital creations, is that is that correct? Or that's the you... easiest. That's yeah. the easiest way to do it. Just like with any blockchain, you can you can mix physical and digital. You can kind mm -hmm. of uh, let's put it this way. Like uh, for example, Nike, I believe they have some concepts where they embed digital assets in terms of uh, NFTs into their shoes that you can kind of read with the help of digital things. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, that's the typical digital physical challenge. I think digital assets are best protected by this and best brought into the business model by this, but you can mix and match. Okay, so it enables you to build further business logic on a digital creation, if I understand correctly. So, so what are the, the real life use cases then for this? What, what's, what's the business case? If I was a business leader, what would I want to use this for? Before we go there, I'd like to explore the, the sort of uh, innovative nature and the implications on business models, because I, I think in the previous digital transformation or the first wave, we entered these digital products into the marketplace and, and they have this characteristic of, of being essentially free, perfect and instant in terms of reproducing additional copies and, and marketing them in, in, in the marketplace which kind of was the driving, one of the driving factors why digital business models were different. They scaled completely differently and they also disrupted quite many, many of the traditional uh, business models because of this principle of free, perfect and instant uh, copy of, of the product. Now, what that did, that kind of took away the concept of scarcity in the marketplace. So you could actually have as many copies of your song, for example, in Spotify or any other uh, streaming platform with essentially the same price. And that also affected the pricing mechanism towards the demand side of the customer side of things. Now, what NFTs are being used for is they bring back, they help bring back scarcity into the marketplace and also apply some of the traditional business models we used to have in the world of scarcity. So that means that, for example, in the music business that I, I'm also quite interested in personally, uh, instead of having a fungible asset streamed in Spotify or any other streaming service, 
yielding exactly the same price. So it doesn't really matter which song you are listening to. It's the same price. It doesn't, there's no differentiation between that. But now artists and music creators are starting to apply NFT principles so that because songs are different, like paintings are different. Not every painting is worth the same. So you can actually start using these models to introduce scarcity and, and differentiation in your digital products. And, and how does that exactly happen? So, so can you walk us through one uh, such a case where, for example, if you were to create a song and and you slap an NFT stamp on top of it, as you as you said before, yes. How would the business logic work? Where, how would you get kind of money back on it? And, sure. and how, how, would, how would the control work? In, in sure. So there are NFT platforms, marketplaces or platforms, mm-hmm. if you like, which are the blocks of chains that are being, uh, the chains of blocks that are being exchanged on, on that marketplace. So if I create a song, for example, I, I package that digital version of that song into an NFT block and issue it on a uh, blockchain marketplace like Ethereum or some th- something else. And then the people who are interested in buying that, we can have an ex- exchange so they can actually bid on, on getting that song. And, and we can create scarcity. We can say that only 10 people can buy it, only one person can buy it, and so forth. So that's that's how you build the mechanism. And I can see that. Let me throw in an idea. If, if I had time, I would really consider challenging the streaming model of music business. I'll go to other areas later, but the streaming model of music business by creating a, a, a two-sided marketplace where you'd have on the one side the audiences who want to consume music, and then on the other side the producers who are producing music, and then create this kind of a fungible, non-fungible marketplace so that the audience will actually be electing to buy certain songs and, and pay a market price uh, enabled also by the scarcity factor in, in that marketplace. So that would be an alternative model challenging the digital business model, which is the free, perfect, instant model where there's no scarcity at all. And as we have heard, uh, that is kind of aggregating also the monetization as a result of that consumption back to the producers in maybe non-optimal ways. Mm, okay. So so let me ask you another question then. Um, the, the the problem with data business in general, so, so where companies would be kind of selling and, and trading their data is often the fact that, as you say, um, the information is infinitely it, it can be copied infinitely and and then you have this um as you said the distinction between ownership and 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 the right right to use the data and so how do you actually govern then uh this type of rule setting does it does it require that these for example if you had a song and you would you would place it on a marketplace and say, okay, only five people can, can use this or, or have the right uh, of, of uh, using this uh, song, for example. How do you make sure that people don't copy it uh, and alter it just a little bit 
uh, and and then then use it. Excellent question. I would use a common sense word. We use wallets, and the wallets are enabled by the uh, right to use that token. So. In that way, the digital asset is heavily protected with the hash keys and everything, so that only those people who have the right to open that song, in terms of having that hash key in their wallet, uh, enforced by the consensus mechanism, they can listen to it. And they cannot copy it unless they have the copyright to it. But as we well know, I mean, it's it's very easy to do a uh, digital analog digital uh, transformation, which of just course, of course, log kind of overrides it. And that's and the that's... physical, physical, digital, physical um, hurdle that uh, we will still have. That's why they these sort of uh, digital physical combinations are trickier to to manage. You're right, but then there are also other mechanisms here. Um, uh, and and this, um, there are some really interesting companies, for example, here that are using artificial intelligence. That is kind of uh, th this is not a NFT thing, but I'll just throw it in. So there are there are algorithms that are listening to the music that different people are consuming or companies are using, and they are charged. It's almost like you know the road toll things that are kind of scanning the license plate of cars. Uh, so they can recognize music and then charge for the usage of that music based on whatever they scanned being consumed. Now, this is not mainstream by all means at the moment, but there are things like this happening uh, that are helping with that front. Is there any legislation happening around this front? So are, how are the governments uh, responding to this? I think the legislation is kind of... Um... Uh, stemming from because this is not a new thing it's just a new technology we apply to it so if we look at the ipr uh, legislation i don't think there's going to be that much drastic change it's more like how do you apply and enforce the legislation given this new technology that we are using let's take patents for example because that would be a great use case in business and i haven't seen too much activity in patent front because perfect like patent of, of any patent is hopefully a unique thing. It should be a unique thing. It's a valuable thing. So why not use NFTs to create a marketplace for your patents if you've got a, a rich portfolio of patents in your company, for example? So, so there, I would say the immaterial rights and legislation that is already in place would be largely applicable, but we just need to apply it to the new methods we use in transacting those assets from the traditional, here are your, your sort of drawing pictures and we sell this to you, you can use them. Now we kind of distribute it through a digital mechanism and provide a digital access and right and token for that usage. All right, interesting. So, so, so what you're saying is that the legislation is pretty much in place. It just needs to take on this new tool and maybe expand its use potentially to uh, digital IPR management and, and possibly even patents I as, agree. as applicable. I, I fully agree. I fully agree. So, so what's your take on, on the future of this thing? As, as maybe the final question, where do you, where do you see this going and, and what, are the, the, what are the possible roadblocks that it might still hit? I think there's 
the obvious use cases where we will see a major uptake. Uh, and, and, and that's going to be like the unique things like art, collectibles, gaming, music, film, and so forth. So that will pick up on this. And I will see, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll see some, some good challenges on the traditional models, the free perfect instant model. We have to keep in mind also the, everybody always comments about the energy consum consumption of, of hash key mining and stuff like that. So that's one aspect, but there are other consensus mechanisms uh, compared to the um, uh, proof of work that are not so heavy. So let's not worry about that. But then I also think that in our future world, which is going to be more digital as, as ever, we will be seeing like in design heavy industries, let's say, for example, plates and whatever design things and 3D printing. I think we will be seeing that uh, there are the design monetization will increase and you distribute your design rights through mechanisms like NFG, N, uh, NFTs. And then the 3D printing model is just a decentralized manufacturing as per the design you purchased. So I think we will be seeing many, many areas that are kind of... Uh, realizing that yeah we need to change our business model and, and 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 we need to build scarcity back into the market for the sake of monetization and and then they will apply this and explore these things hmm. interesting I, I think i understand it quite a little bit more i still have some doubts about the model especially from the technical point of view but uh, I, I i definitely see that the use and the the idea working uh, on the background and especially so if i if i try and summarize what i what i maybe learned is that the the, the main thing about nfts is basically that you can have a digital stamp on your your unique digital asset to prove that that you have the ownership and uh, as as a basis on that you you can build business logic and, and monetization on on that digital asset and then the the benefit basically comes from the fact that you can actually introduce a concept of scarcity in the digital world where uh, in in the previous iteration it, it didn't exist and it still uh, doesn't exist so that would be something uh, highly valuable and and hence that that creates the business model um, hands-on it is about utilizing the nft marketplaces and then utilizing them as an um, integrator to to kind of uh, validate uh, that uh, ownership on the asset that you own, and and they they give you the link between the asset and and then money, as as that provides people the possibility to buy it. Uh, from governance point of view and legislation point of view, uh, what I what I heard is that it doesn't really require necessary changes in legislation as such, um, but it will require, so, so it will use copyrights uh, and the existing IPR patent mechanisms uh, potentially. But uh, what is needed is basically these technical uh, proof points uh, on, on how to track the utilization and how to make sure that people are not misusing uh, the a digital asset and the rights of use and it sounds like it has a bright future 
um, especially in, in design heavy industries and where uh, where the uh, where the tendency is to create value from something unique. Did I miss anything? No, Reko, I think you summarized it much better than what I could ever have done. So I trust, I hope and trust that you can uh, take on explaining this to your mother as well. <laughs> I was to about you. to say I'll, I'll get in the call right away. Cool. Thanks a lot for the, for the chat and for the explanation. This was uh, really interesting. Thanks a lot to you for taking the time and really happy to be back in these discussions. As always.